Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Sports Moles Football Shorts. I'm Barney Corkill. I'm here with our football editor, Matt Law, and we're here to talk about the upcoming midweek fixtures in the Premier League. We were just talking, Matt, we have no idea what game week it is anymore. I think we've got some of game week 18 in here, some maybe even of game week one. A lot of stragglers of games from the postponements caused by COVID and other things. Um, and we will be looking forward to Aston Villa twice in this game week, actually, because um, obviously they've had so many uh, postponements. But first up uh, tonight at 6pm is West Ham United versus West Brom. West Brom obviously got that huge victory against Wolves in the Black Country derby last time out. Topsy-turvy game, but a huge victory for them nonetheless. Um, and West Ham, as we predicted, edge past Burnley 1-0. How do you see this one going? Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Obviously, West Brom, I was looking at recently, they've been better away from home, haven't they? And they have been, mm. obviously, at the Hawthorns their last three Drama City, Drama Liverpool, and obviously, as you mentioned, one three two at Wolves, and the Wolves one was obviously, like you say, a topsy turvy game. Pereira coming up with a, a couple of goals, obviously penalties helped them in that game, but I think they played Wolves at a good time because I don't think Wolves recently, to be honest, have been great. So they caught them at a good time, and it's, it's another tough game. I mean, it's I've actually got one nil West Ham again, just the West Ham one we both back one nil against Burnley, and to me, it's another one of those that. West Ham defending pretty well recently, haven't they? I don't know, is it no goals in their last four in all competitions that they've conceded? Yeah, since yeah. the two against Brighton. So defensively been very good. Three one new wins in a row. Obviously one against Stockport in the cup, but up into ninth now. And you look at they're only only four points off Tottenham in uh, in fifth. And you just said that's a West Ham fans. That's having a really good season. Obviously they've had their injury problems. They've sold a striker. Obviously Antonio. Um, He's in and out, isn't he? He's fitness. I think he's always going to pick up injuries, as we mentioned before, but obviously coming up with the, the winner last time out and, and they're playing well. Obviously, got a player in Declan Rice who, for me, they'll, they'll have to sell eventually. I mean, I was speaking about this recently with a few West Ham fans. I don't know what your opinion is, how much he's actually worth. I mean, they're talking 70, 80 million. I, would, I wouldn't really be putting Rice over... 50, 60, would you, would you say he's more than, more than a 50 million player? Or? Not for me, I haven't really seen enough of him. He's obviously very highly rated and Chelsea want him a lot. But yeah, I'm, I'm in complete agreement with you that I can't see 80 million for him. You can't, I mean, yeah, you can't play 80 million for him. As good as I think he is, but I don't think, well, obviously Chelsea like him, don't they? And he'll obviously be keen to impress me. He doesn't miss a game even. I think that's the thing with Rice. Mm. He plays all the time and obviously all the, all the top players seem to do that. But yeah, one, just one nil West Ham here. I think it'd be tight. Obviously, West Brom, I think they will cause some problems, but it's just another one of those games, like the Burnley one, where I can just see a, a very narrow West Ham win, so one nil. Yeah, I was very close to going for the same. I've just gone for 2-0 in the end. I think West Brom, mm. but their away form does command a bit of respect now. Obviously, I think that uh, Wolves one was their first away win of the season um, in the Premier League. But you look back before then, obviously, the draws against Man City and Liverpool um, are arguably more impressive than a win away at Wolves um, to, get, mm. to get a point from those two grounds. So they'd almost feel like victories for West Brom, those two away games. So away from home, they have been much improved. Um, however, I think they, they just have a tendency after a big result, after, which certainly the, a victory in the Black Country Derby, the first one in a while in the Premier League, that's a huge result for them. It's one of their biggest games of the season, will always be against their local rivals. Um, so to, to have won away from home and in the manner they did in terms of going ahead, then falling behind and going back ahead, um, that would have taken a lot of effort out of them and it would be a huge one. And looking back recently at their recent good results, They've generally dropped off after the win against Sheffield United was followed by a 5-1 home defeat against Crystal Palace. Draw against Man City, followed by a 3-0 home defeat against Villa. Draw against Liverpool, followed by a 5-0 loss to Leeds and then 4-0 loss to Arsenal. Um, obviously, the thing those also have in common is the fact that it's separated quite 
quickly into a home and away form and obviously this is away so they might be a bit more confident of, of maintaining that level but there generally is a drop off after a big result and I can see that happening again here I maybe don't see them getting as beaten as by as big a scoreline as they have as you mentioned West Ham really good defensively recently but also three goals in the last four um, which has been enough to get the wins but you know it's, it's, it's not going to strike too much fear into the heart of the West Brom defence but I do I do see West Ham coming away with the victory here I've gone for 2-0 can fully see why you've gone one now. I, I agree it could be a similar sort of game to the Burnley one, but West Brom have shown more um, attacking prowess, certainly away from home, than Burnley have. Um, so they might test West Brom's defence a bit more, but I'm also backing them to keep a clean sheet and a 2 0 win for West Ham. Um, also, tonight is a very intriguing game, a huge match between uh, Leicester and Chelsea. This should be a really good one. Leicester could go top of the table with victory um, after they beat Southampton last time out. That'd be for 24 hours at least. Uh, Chelsea. Returned to winning ways in the Premier League against Fulham last time out, but it's far, far from convincing, obviously against 10 men in the West London derby. How do you see this one going, Matt? Yeah, we, we spoke about it, didn't we, at the, the weekend, the preview show about the, the Fulham-Chelsea game. I thought the red card for Fulham was... was a, I can see why it's given. I thought it was a little bit harsh. and, and It changed the game, didn't it? I thought Chelsea were really struggling against Fulham when, when Fulham had 11 men. and They had a lot of the ball in the second half, Chelsea, a lot of huffing and puffing. I don't think they created too many clear-cut chances, but obviously it was a... It's a good finish from Mount, who's become you know one of their most important players. You talk about the players they've brought in, but he's the one coming up with the goods at the moment. And really big win for Frank Lampard, wasn't it? Because you say it's moved them up to seventh, obviously a couple of places. But they're sitting. I just think they're we'll talk about title contenders. That, that's gone now, isn't it? Any talk of sort of that is whether they can finish in the top four. And it's obviously a really big game for them, like you say, the Leicester Leicester looking to go top of the league. And I thought they were really good at Southampton without being sensational. I thought it was a really strong, solid professional performance. You know, obviously Harvey Barnes is a player. I think he was excellent against United earlier this season. He's coming up some really good goals now. I think he's got he's got about ten in all competitions this season. Yeah. He's got he's got a few now and he's playing really well. Madison obviously coming up with a goal as well. And it's always good for Leicester point of view when they win and Vardy doesn't have to score because there have been times mm. where they've relied on him. But team selection will be obviously fascinating for Chelsea. You know, Timo Werner probably on the bench again. Big missed a big chance late on, didn't he? Havertz can't get in the side at the moment. Giroud started. Will Abraham come back in? Obviously, they've got options out wide. Hudson Odoi might be worth a start. I think he's going to. He might have to shuffle his pack a little bit, Frank Lampard, because obviously it's a not relatively quick turnaround, but it's going to be a. I suppose it is a quick turnaround, really, and it's a it's a tough game against a Leicester side that won't really give you an inch. They'll make you work for it. So I've actually gone more bit hope than expectation. I've gone two two here. I, I can see it being tight, but I do think both sides have got goals in them, and both defenses can give you opportunities to score. So uh, hoping for an entertaining two two. Yeah, I've gone Leicester to win this one. I've gone 2-1. I think it's, it's hard to look past their current form compared to Chelsea's current form, which if you look at, obviously, we mentioned that win against Fulham and they beat Morecambe in the Cup. But that's obviously lower league opposition. Um, but yeah, Fulham, 11 versus 11 for 90 minutes there. We both said it at the weekend. Not too sure Chelsea would have got the win out of that, which would have made it four uh, Premier League games without victory. So although they got that win, and maybe that will give them a bit more confidence and maybe maybe give them the winning habit back. They're still not in great uh, form, whereas they come up against the Leicester side who are in really good form. Um, obviously, the added layer to this one is Brendan Rodgers was one of those names linked with Frank Lampard's job. Um, if he was to get sacked recently when the uh, the pressure was coming on Chelsea, and obviously Rodgers has been at Chelsea um, in the past, so he might be eager to prove a point. I think he's proved enough points during his time at Leicester so far. He's been so impressive. And I was thinking earlier how, how good Leicester as a club have done to turn themselves obviously they won the title but then it would have been easy for them to drop off 
um, again, back towards mid-table or even lower after that just one-off freak season. But they really used that money from the title win in the Champions League, uh, uh, Champions League qualification really well to maintain their challenge. And if they got the right manager in, which they probably didn't have with Claude Puel before Rodgers, but Rodgers certainly is the right manager for them. They're up there with the top four challenging every season now, which if you consider five years ago or so, they were the 5,000 to one odds to win the Premier League and you know favourites to go down. So it's a great turnaround for them and they've done really well and deserve huge credit as a club. And it's, it's got to the point now where I regard them as probably as favourites going into this game against Chelsea. You look at their recent form, uh, six games unbeaten across all competitions in that time. Well, they've drawn with United, they've beaten Tottenham, they've beaten Southampton, uh, certainly Tottenham and Southampton, both teams around Chelsea in the table at the moment. So they'll go into this game fully confident they can get the win. Um, obviously, Chelsea have that quality that they can get a result anywhere um, against any club and it wouldn't be too much of a surprise if they then go and win this game. But the form they're in at the moment, the form those sorts of players, those match winners are in, the likes of Timo Werner, Kai Havertz, who you say they, they should be match winners, the amount of money they've been brought in for. And they've proven their match winners elsewhere. That just really hasn't happened for them at Chelsea so far. Um, so it wouldn't be too much of a surprise if Chelsea go and win this game. Uh, but for me, it's, it's Leicester. It's hard to look past them. I've gone for 2-1 to Leicester in this one. Um, on Wednesday, you've got Manchester City versus Aston Villa. Aston Villa's first of the two games we're going to look forward to. Uh, they haven't been in Premier League action or senior team action, really, since New Year's Day. It's been a long, long wait for them, almost three weeks. Um, obviously, they have played Liverpool in the Cup since then, but that was their youngsters out in that game. And they couldn't really wish right now for a tougher uh, test to, to go straight back into things. Man City in great form. 4-0 win against Crystal Palace last time out. Uh, now up to second place, two points off top place Manchester United with a game in hand. So the title race is essentially in their hands at the moment, Man City. Uh, the first Premier League team this season to go to string five wins together as well. Um, they're looking pretty ominous at the moment. It's looking difficult to stop them personally. I can't see Aston Villa stopping them. They have been very impressive this season, Villa. They've been really good on the road as well. Um, and this game is the two best defences in the league going head-to-head and also the best home defence against the best away defence, which suggests maybe not too many goals. But I've actually gone on the flip side of that and gone for four goals in this game. I've gone for three, one Man City win. I think um, Villa have scored in every away game this season. Uh, we don't really know fully the full extent of their coronavirus uh, problems. Obviously, I think it was 10 first-team players tested positive. They had to have the um, training ground closed down for 10 days as well. So that has affected everyone, even if they didn't test positive for coronavirus. Um, so we don't know the full extent of that. But they have scored in every away game this season. Man City in great scoring form, at the, well, great form at the moment. And those four goals against Palace suggest they're now back to their clinical selves in front of goal. But yeah, I can see goals in this one. Villa have actually scored as many goals as uh, Man City this season. It's um, And the two best defences. It should be a really intriguing game. But yeah, I've gone for a 3-1 Man City in this one. But it's a big shout, yeah, 3-1. I thought he was going to go 4-0 City when you said four goals. I thought that'd be a little bit harsh on Villa. But I think that's the point, like you say, that Villa, it's not as simple as just saying, oh, they've got their players back now. They should be ready to go. Like you say, no training. The players that have been unwell, obviously don't know what sort of shape they're going to be in <clears throat> Excuse me. In terms of, you know, for this game and moving forward, seeing how can it affect players at Newcastle. And it's obviously going to be very different. And when you're on a roll like Villa were, I know they lost against United in their last Premier League game, but they were on a roll. We can see, you know, I know it's different, but last season with Sheffield United, when they had that break, the coronavirus, and they come back and it's hard to get going again. I'm not suggesting that Villa will do that. I still think they'll have a good season. And it's, it's, you look at the table, look at the team just above them, Arsenal, and they've got four games in hand on them. So it's mm. just a... Is a really 
difficult one because you don't want to have those amount of games on because like you say you've mentioned before it will then become a very crowded fixture list obviously like I mentioned we're doing them twice on this game week which is you never really think it would happen but it's, it's tough yeah City I think I won't go over what you said about City in terms of their form but I'm just looking forward now their next games that, that concerns me from obviously a United fan point of view you being Liverpool the next four if they win they'll play West Brom Sheffield United and Burnley sorry in the next three expect them to maybe win all three of those and then they play Liverpool mm. away so they could potentially be going into that Liverpool game with a little bit of a cushion at the top depending on obviously what United and, and Leicester and, and Liverpool do but they've got a nice run of game City and they do tend to win those sort of games don't they they obviously beating Palace I think Palace come into the game didn't they off the back of a really good point at Arsenal and I, saw, I think I backed 2-0 in that game I thought Palace would have a little bit more obviously without Zaha but City were very strong, made changes. John Stones is playing fantastic. Got two centre-backs playing excellently. Got midfielders. Foden's coming into some really good form. And obviously, without a really striker that's really nailing it down, I know Gabriel Jesus came back into the side, but you know they're looking strong at the moment, City. And yeah, like you say, the Villa's preparations, the fact they're not sure who's going to be in the side, everything around it, it's very difficult to, to back them to do it, even though I thought they were excellent against United in their last trip to Manchester, the last Premier League game. So very, very tough game for Villa and 2-0 Manchester City. 2-0 Man City for Matt in that one. All right, we mentioned United there. They're also in action on Wednesday night. Um, they're top of the table as we record this. Two points clear of Man City and Leicester. They could obviously be down to third place if Leicester and Man City go and win by the time United kick off. They face Fulham at Craven Cottage. How do you see this one going? It's, it's a tough one. It's a, a game I do look forward to. And I say it a lot. I do, I do really like Fulham. And this is the game, you know, Fulham United is one that, is it's one that I do look for because I think it's going to be a really good game. Fulham, I'd have preferred Fulham to have picked up a point against Chelsea or beaten Chelsea because when you go into a game off the back of a defeat, I always think it gives you more reason to want to bounce back and I'd have preferred Fulham to get a good result against Chelsea. But United, the Liverpool game is an interesting one. There's been a lot of talk around the game whether United really should have gone for it. I was personally happy with the point. Obviously, the two best chances in the game, Pogba and Fernandes and probably should have but saying that Liverpool had loads of the ball didn't they the first half they were putting the pressure on and I think United defended well I think it was a performance that United weren't really capable of and it shows their progression I think for looking at this game and this is the, the big game always the one after picking up a good result at Anfield but then you go and lose this game like you say United could drop down it's so tight up there isn't it United could find themselves in the blink of an eye down in fifth just if they pick up a couple of poor results and that's how I think that's going to be the story of the season the story of the next few weeks and I think team selection for United would be interesting. See Cavani stepped out the side. Martial didn't think it was good at all. Pogba played on the right. You know, Greenwood might be worth a start now. Will he freshen the midfield again? Matic, Eric Bailly maybe coming back in. A lot of options for Ole and Solskjaer, but they're kind of against the Fulham side that have proved difficult to beat. You know, obviously lost Chelsea, but before that, run of draws, good result against Tottenham, and, and they've got some really dangerous players. And obviously lost the Sheik will come back in for this side. And he's been a big player for them, so. It's a tough, tough game for United, but I just think Fulham's position in the table doesn't really lie. They are they are struggling, even though they're picking up some good results. So, back to United here. Um, tight game, but 2-1 United. 2-1, yeah. I've gone United winner as well, but like you, I can see it being tight. I think Fulham's, Fulham's defence has improved a huge amount recently. What is it now? Just three goals conceded in the last five games. Um, but they've also only scored three goals in the last seven, which is their biggest problem now. Um, I can see United scraping this one 1-0 um, in a similar sort of game maybe to Chelsea I don't expect United maybe to have things all their own way I think Fulham as, as we just said have improved um, a lot in recent weeks and while they've only won twice all season and haven't won a league game since November 
if you look at that only really tells half the story. You, you, you got the point against Liverpool in there. You got the point against Tottenham. They weren't exactly blown away by Man City in their defeat there. And obviously against Chelsea, as we've already mentioned, they kept 11 men on the field. They could have well got something out of that game too. So this is a certainly a potential banana skin for United. And you mentioned the big one is the game after the big one. Yeah, if they come away uh, from this one, United with only a point, suddenly that point at Anfield doesn't look very good. And maybe then they'll start you know, regretting maybe not going for it a bit more at Anfield. Um, I agree with you, team selection will be interesting, mainly because obviously they've got Liverpool again in the Cup um, four days after this one. So it'd be interesting to see whether Solskjaer, you know, just fully prioritises the Premier League. Obviously, the Premier League will be the priority over the course of the season. Um, but the fact that, you know, knocking, the prospect of knocking your greatest rivals out of the Cup is very alluring. And, you know, going on to win the Cup is obviously a, a massive thing for, for any club. Um, so it'd be interesting to see whether he makes a few changes. Um, I did the preview for this one. I predicted him making a few changes for this one, but not whole, wholesale changes because obviously Fulham is still a difficult outfit to beat, as they've shown in recent times. But yeah, like you, I can see Man, Man United just just about edging past Fulham in this one. The fact that we're only predicting a 1-0 win, considering United's away form, unbeaten in over a year now away from home, um, probably is credit to Fulham and the amount they've improved because earlier in the season, you know, I think we both would have predicted... 3-0 United in this one because Fulham were so so poor at that time but they really have improved they're tougher to beat now um, but we do we do still both expect Man United to win this one so we're, I'm going for 1-0 in that one Matt 2-1 um, on Thursday yeah we spoke about that Liverpool United game Liverpool back in action again at Anfield um, against Burnley on Thursday night they'll be desperate to break that goal scoring drought now it's three games in the Premier League first time since 2005 that's happened um it was disappointing, really disappointing against United, the, the attacking performance. It was just, it was almost like Space Jam when all, all the, those star players have just had their powers taken away from them. Sadio Mane and Mo Salah, the amount of times I was screaming at the TV to just, you know, take the man on and give it a go. I know Wambasaka is a very good one on one defender, but there was that time in the box where Salah was one on one with Shaw and just, you know, he went back and played it back and he did that too often, I think, personally, um, against United. They just went backwards too often. Um, but as soon as they get the confidence back, hope you know they are going to start scoring again. They're too good not to start scoring again. Um, but it is four games without a win now, and you know certainly the first two of them, West Brom and uh, Newcastle, they would have expected maximum points on those games. So it's a really disappointing run. Um, sort of come out of the blue off the back of that seven 0 win over Crystal Palace before that. But I've seen them drop down to fourth place, and now you've got Jurgen Klopp saying they're you know the main battle at the moment is to get into the top four, not alone, yet alone thinking about the title. Um, and obviously with Man City in such good form, um, just ominously winning game after game, the the pressure is on again, which hasn't necessarily been all this season, that every drop point is a big drop point now, which was always the case over the last two seasons. But this season with people dropping points with much more regularity, um, that sort of maybe went out of the picture. But you look at Liverpool this season, seven draws already this season. When you consider what they did last season, is incredible. Um, only nine wins compared to seven draws. That's a lot of drop points for um, a team who was so consistent last season. Obviously, there's reasons behind that, um, but it's not actually the the defensive injuries by the look of things at the moment. The defensive record is really good at the moment. Actually, really good since um, Van Dijk and Gomez both got injured perversely, but um, it's the attacking threat now. They need to get that balance back. Um, I'm pretty sure that will come sooner rather than later because, those, as I mentioned, those three players... Um, are too good to not score for a long time, but they're just they're just thinking about it too much. I think now they're taking too much time over things. Um, and as soon as they get that spark back, a few more goals in them, 
Um, hopefully this should be fit and firing. It'd be good to get Diogo Yota back as well. I think he was a big miss because he was really hit the ground running and then got that injury in a needless dead rubber Champions League game, which has ruled him out for a couple of months. Um, but yeah, I do see Liverpool returning to winning ways here. They kept that Anfield record alive against United, thanks in large part to Alisson's two saves. Um, but they kept that Anfield record alive. Burnley, I think I'm right in saying last season, of the, the team just stopped their um, long, long win run at home. Um, getting coming away from a point, coming away from Anfield with a point, which is a really good result for them when Liverpool had swept all before them at Anfield. But I do see Liverpool coming away from this. Burnley, it's just really hard to back them to even score, yet alone win a game at the moment. Nine, nine goals all season, which is the worst record um, in the league. Away from home, it's only one goal in the last seven games in the Premier League, which is um, a seven away game, sorry, which is incredible. Um, and again, I can see them drawing a blank here. I've gone for 2 0 to Liverpool in this one. Yeah, exactly the same. 2-0 Liverpool. I think starting with Burnley, like you say, obviously the, the West Ham game, again, similar story. They've had a few this season, concede and then struggle to really come back into the game. I thought they did okay against West Ham without really doing too much. I thought they were okay against Manchester United in the game before that without really, you know, really pushing. And I just think, you know, Chris Wood and, and Barnes, they, they are struggling. I think McNeil needs to chip in with a few more goals and it's obviously a horrendous game. Looking at Burnley's run coming up as well, obviously they play Villa um, in the next Premier League game, then Chelsea and City and they're two after that. So Liverpool, Chelsea, City and three of the next four is mm. pretty horrendous, you know, for Burnley. And they are the ones that I fear for at the moment in terms of, you know, looking where they are 17th in the table, four points above Fulham and Fulham obviously play United. So it's a tough game, but they are the ones at the moment that, you know, West Brom, I think will have a little eye on Burnley as well. I think Brighton obviously have, Brighton are going to be in and around the bottom. I think that they're going to stay in around there. I think the bottom, you look at Newcastle, even up to Newcastle, might be okay, Newcastle. But but those ones down there, I think we both expect it'll be probably three from those five in terms of going down. And there's just, like you say, the goals are a problem. Every time I watch Burnley, they don't, they don't create too much. They're, they are good defensively. They, they don't tend to get, like you say, they tend to get blown away in games. And I don't expect Liverpool to blow them away. But yeah, Liverpool it is an interesting one, the game against United, isn't it? They're... Obviously, there's a lot of reasons why Liverpool are not scoring. I think it, a lot of it is to do with, like you say, their defence. I mean, Henderson and Fabinho, arguably, you know, Liverpool's two best midfielders, really. Thiago, obviously, as well. But to have them at the back, it takes them away from the midfield. Mm. The press is not then as not as effective, is it, in terms of winning the ball back quickly? And like you say, if they're thinking about it too much. It's like anything, isn't it? In anything you do in life, you do naturally, and then you you can't do it for a little while. You start thinking about it too much, overthinking it, and then it comes away and. It is, a, it is a problem. Is it massively concerning? I think if if you were to draw another blank in this game, I think it would probably be more concerning. But I do expect Liverpool to win this game. Obviously, like you say, I think Jurgen Klopp saying that you're in a top four race is, is taking the pressure off. But you can't say that. I mean, Liverpool dropped more points this season than than in you know two in, in the previous two seasons combined, which mm. is an incredible stat in itself. It just shows Liverpool's form over the last few years. And it's always going to be tough, I think, this season for Liverpool. I mean, it's always going to be difficult, the circumstances, the fact that they have been so good for three years, maybe, you know, Champions League and Premier League, just missing out before they won it. So it's a tough game. But like you say, uh, for the same reason as you, uh, it just got 2-0 Liverpool screaming out. And uh, yeah, I do expect Liverpool to win this one 2-0. Yeah, both going for 2-0 Liverpool wins. Uh, you mentioned briefly Newcastle there. They're in action on Saturday. So we're going to go to Saturday's game, Aston Villa versus Newcastle. It's obviously FA Cup weekend for most teams, but this one's got to be arranged uh, to next Saturday among the FA Cup games. 
Um, you, we've talked, we've spoken about Aston Villa. We've spoken about their games in hand, where they are in the table. If they actually win all those games in hand, they're right up amongst you know the title contenders. So you know they they certainly shouldn't be taken. You know their eleventh place position shouldn't be read too much into because they have been really impressive this season. Um, whereas recently, in particular, the same can't be said for Newcastle. And I definitely on recent form uh, over the last few weeks, I definitely include them in that um, that group of potential clubs to be relegated again against Arsenal they didn't really show much there was a bit of an improvement a bit more attacking intent but then you go and lose 3-0 never really looked like scoring despite that improved attacking intent um, the game against Sheffield United before that even Steve Bruce had pretty harsh words about the performance of that in that um, game um, and away from home now it's no goals in the last five games across all competitions on the road it's just it's not good enough it's really hard to back them to even score um, you can't really see where the goals are coming from. Obviously, they've got Callum Wilson, a really good player, uh, Premier League proven goal scorer. And obviously, as you alluded to earlier, they've had problems with coronavirus, which shouldn't be just ignored. They've had probably been hit worse than anyone else, not in terms of the volume of cases, but in terms of the seriousness of the cases. I think the cells um, was out for a while at St. Maximum, still not back um, because of that. Um, obviously, they've they felt the long-term effects of that one, which, so, you know, those are two key players that they've been without in recent times. Um, but yeah, I think they they need to turn things around quickly. Steve Bruce did change things around a little bit in terms of formation and playing style against Arsenal. Sort of said he was doing it his way now. That um, didn't really work, but obviously Arsenal away from home is a difficult difficult test to do that in. Um, and it's, you know, games at the end, which aren't going to decide whether Newcastle stay up or go down in this uh, this season. Uh, but this game against Aston Villa is a similarly difficult one. I think um, recently, what, the last home league game, they beat Crystal Palace 3-0. I could maybe see something similar here. Um, originally, I did actually have 3-0 written down for this one. But because of the, the little bit of um, doubt over what state the Villa players will be in, as we mentioned earlier, in terms of the lack of training, uh, which players maybe got coronavirus, there's no, no saying the fact that Villa players might not have got it as bad as some of the Newcastle players uh, seem to have. Um, so there's a, a little bit of uncertainty there. So I've just dragged it into 2-0 from 3-0. I think um, I do think Villa will win. It's just really hard to even back Newcastle to score at the moment, as I mentioned, particularly away from home. Um, so I do think Villa will win fairly comfortably. Originally, I had it down as 3-0, but yeah, I think I'm going to settle on 2-0 for this one. Yeah, 2-0 is what I've gone for as well. Yeah, so you've been making up no ground in the, mm-hmm. well, in the last two if you were to... Uh... We were to get those ones right. Yeah, I think, like you say, the Newcastle-Arsenal game, like I say, team selection for me was the, the interesting thing. It's gone from Steve Bruce, went from playing Sheffield United to playing a five, I say a five-four-one, but it was almost, a, you know, three of those four in midfield were defensive midfielders. And obviously, Fraser then got sent off. So you can look Fraser and Wilson to them playing. Carroll, Joe Linton, Almiron. Obviously, mm. Shelby coming back into the side is, is big because he's obviously one of their... A better players, there's no doubt about that, and he will give them a better chance of winning. But St. Maximum, like you say, I think it's the big one. Obviously, he has back in little bits of training now, which is obviously good to see. Put a put a status up recently on his on his social media page that he is he is back um, yeah, doing bits on Bob's weather when he is back to his full fitness, which obviously we both hope that he will be. And he's obviously a great player to watch, and he will improve. Newcastle will be like a new signing, so that is something to look forward to. I think from Newcastle's point of view, but. Yeah, you say that the worrying thing, they played quite well against Arsenal in the first half in terms of restricting Arsenal to not too much. But when Arsenal started to play and get the ball down and pass, it was just around Newcastle. And that's where things are concerning me. And like you say, uh, you mentioned earlier that the table, they're obviously 15th at the moment. They're only seven points above the 
bottom three at this stage. So there's obviously there's a lot of talk at the moment, isn't there, about you know Steve Bruce and Rafa Benitez, whether you know whether it's that the football's that worse than it was under Benitez. Maybe this little bit of a thing of Benitez was a bit better than he was there because obviously Steve Bruce did quite well last season with Newcastle. So mm. obviously the pressure from the fans is there. It's a tough time for Newcastle. It, it really is. It's a tough game as well to go to Villa. Like you say, the fact that Villa, obviously we are talking about Villa before they've played City and the fact that their current state at the moment with coronavirus is, like you say, you don't know the situation. So it is in that sense a difficult game to pick. And if there were issues and there were players out, then it wouldn't be unbelievable to see Newcastle get a good result here. But like you say, it's hard. It's sort of similar to Burnley at the moment. You just... Back new, look at Newcastle and think, oh, can I back them in any game? I've struggled to back them to score, especially away from home. Um, yeah, it's, it's tough. It's a tough double header for Newcastle, to be fair. Go to go to Arsenal and then Villa, who are certainly one of the better sides in the Premier League now. So, yeah, really tough game for Newcastle. Can't see them scoring or picking up anything. So, 2-0 Villa. Yeah, and then they've got Leeds and Everton after that, which aren't easy games either. So, difficult one coming up for Newcastle. All right, thanks, Matt. Um, We will be back again next week for our next round of predictions. Um, It's FA Cup weekend, of course, this weekend. So, no predictions ahead of that weekend, apart from that Villa-Newcastle game we've just done. Uh, You can subscribe to this podcast on all the usual channels and you can subscribe on YouTube to make sure you don't miss an episode. We've got previews for all of these games and many, many more games over on sportsmall.co.uk as well as features and news. Looking forward to all these games. Uh, Thank you for joining. We hope to see you again next week.